0: Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. Hey, listen, I want to head to Romans chapter 1. Tell your neighbor, laugh a little. It's good to laugh. In fact, the Word says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Some of y'all are sick and tired because you hadn't laughed in a while. You need some joy. You need to laugh again. This morning, I want to share a word with you that's entitled, Stop Denying the Power. Stop Denying the Power. Tell your neighbor, stop denying the power. Uh, You know, before service, Brother Andy was telling me that they didn't have lights this morning when they got up. And uh, there is nothing worse than waking up in the morning and you don't have power. Um, And, you know, it's one thing to wake up and to not have power. It's another thing to get up and to pretend like you don't. Can you imagine if you decided tomorrow morning to wake up and pretend like you don't have power, to go out to the main control box of your house and flip the main breaker off and tell your family, today we're going to pretend like we don't have power. I don't know about you, but there'd be a whole lot of people in my family that would be upset. Now, for me, living by myself, I would just tell myself that and then march my happy little self back out there and flip it back on. Because if it's hot, I'm turning that AC back on. Hallelujah. And nobody wants to see me try to get ready without power. (laughs) Can I get an amen? (laughs) So there is... A difference in our lives when we live without power and when we pretend as if we don't. A problem that we face in the church is that too many times we live as if we don't have power. We live our lives as if we don't have the power in order to live what God has intended us to live. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly, but too many times we live as if we don't have the power to live in the life that God has promised. Too many times we settle for disappointment, we settle for worry, we settle for fear, we settle for for bondage. We settle for being bound in the things that have kept us back from what God has called us to instead of walking in the freedom and the life and the peace and the joy and the hope of what God has called for us because too many times we deny the power that we have. Like we sang this morning, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. Jesus, when he died on the cross and He rose from the dead, He made it possible for you to have power. Tell your neighbor, you got the power. 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 Some of y'all are singing. These two up here are singing. Jonathan and Dad, they're on it. They're already singing. You got the power. You know, Some of y'all will be singing that the rest of the day. You have the power. Now, if you showed up this morning and this church was pitch black and the heat wasn't on and nothing was in here, I would be interested to see how many of you would stay. Because if there's no power, there's no sound system. If there's no power, there's no microphone. If there's no power, there's no heat. Some of y'all are like, I'm out. That's it. You got me at the heat. But the truth is, is so many times we live our lives as if we don't have the power to do what it is that God has called us to do. That we don't have the power to walk in the promises in the word which God has established for our life. And friends, I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming back soon. He's in the midst of fulfilling his word and his promises and he is calling his church to step up, to step out, to walk in what he has called and what he has established for our lives as believers to not sit Back and watch, but to get in the game, to not just look and admire, but to step in and say, No, I am who He says I am. I'm called for such a time as this. I am the hands and feet of Jesus. I am the church of the living God. I am who He has called and who He has established me to be. The enemy has no authority, the enemy has no power over me. The Word of this world cannot control my life I am who he says I am my family belongs to him my finances belong to him my future belongs to him I'm not worried about my past any longer I'm not worried about what people say about me or how they talk about me or how they look at me because my eyes are fixed on Jesus and I've got the power to overcome there's not a valley that's deep enough a mountain that's large enough a devil that's Big enough that can keep me back from what God has called and established in my life. I've got the power. I am tired of the church living as if it's powerless. I am tired of the church just sitting back and watching while the world falls apart, shaking our heads in disgust instead of standing up and saying no, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, devil you've got to go. In the name of Jesus you don't have authority over my family. You don't have authority over this school you don't have authority over my workplace you don't have authority over this nation I'm standing on the word and the promises of God and I know I've got the power tell your neighbor I've got the power I am tired of us allowing doubt and fear, worry and insecurity. I am tired of us letting our sin, our past mistakes and the condemnation of the enemy keep us back from walking in the promises and the power of the word of God. From walking in the truth and the revelation of what he has for us. I've got news for you devil. He's alive and he's on the throne and he's in control. He's adopted me and I belong to him I'm not who I was before but I'm a child of the king tell your neighbor stop denying the power at some point the church has got to wake up in America has got to wake up and stand up and realize that if we seek his face if we seek his face if we seek his face we'll find him If we seek His face, He'll come. If we'll call on His name, if we'll humble ourselves and pray, we will experience the promises of His Word. Just because you don't see it, just because you don't feel it, doesn't mean He's not working. Tell your neighbor, don't miss out. Don't miss out. Too many of us are missing out on what's available to us. Because instead of walking over and flipping on the light switch, we pretend as if there is no power. Tell your neighbor, turn on the lights. Jesus. Turn on the lights. You know, when I lose power, I still walk into every room like I still have electricity. You do that? I walk in and flip the light... My living room's got three light switches, and they've got two-way switches. So you have to have one switch on for the other two to work. And if it's the wrong way, it doesn't work. Power went out not too long ago, and I was walking all around that living room flipping that light switch on. (laughs) I'd go to one and walk back over and flip the other and then I thought, well maybe it's the other one and I shut it off. I did that for about two and a half, three minutes before I realized, you dummy, there's no power. You're walking around this living room like a fool. But you know, I wish the church would act like there's power even when it doesn't look like it. (laughs) I wish the church would start to walk and talk like they know who they are and who God has called them to be. That we'd walk over and flip the switch and even though the second that we flip it we don't see it we know it's coming. That when we turn the switch on we know it'll be back on. When those lights go out I don't worry about turning the switch off. I leave it on because I know there's a team of men and women that are working to restore the power. I wish as the church we would realize that we have the greatest power source that would be available to us and if we would just turn the light on and make ourselves available available at just the right moment when all the lines have been restored and the timing has been set and everything has been established boom the power will come oh tell your neighbor stop denying the power tell him turn on the lights somebody got excited this morning and lost a bobby pin i hate bobby pins Yeah, it's gone. This is my rule. Bobby pins, if I find them, they're gone. They're done. They're destroyed. Too many Bobby pins broke my vacuum cleaner, and I just decided if I find it, it's trash. Number one this morning, if you're going to stop denying the power, number one is this, is this, is this, is this. Establish the source. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pretend like it's there. Just keep waiting, it's coming. Just keep waiting, it's coming. Tell your neighbor, establish the source. What's the source of your power? The problem is, is we live our lives as if the source of our lives, of the power of our lives is based on us. Tell your neighbor, "It's it's not based on you. We do everything in the church. We do everything in our lives as if we are the ones that are responsible to make it happen. That's fine if you're still living under the influence of the world. But if you're not living under the influence of the world, but as a son, as a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, if you're living as a child of God, then you need to come to the realization that your source is no longer based on what you've got, but your source is established in the one who's made it all. When you establish the source of what God has given you in your life, you will position yourself to experience things from heaven that you otherwise wouldn't have. Romans chapter 1. Verse number 8 says this, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit, in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness. How constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you, so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I don't want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I may have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, From first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. God, I pray in this place that Lord, your presence would fall and that Holy Spirit, you would speak to us from your word. That God, we would hear and we would know. That we would see and that we would understand the revelation that you have for us. God, I pray every hindrance of the enemy and every attempt of the enemy to steal, kill and destroy in this place will be broken. God, I pray for freedom to flood this place. God, I pray that life would flow in this house. That chains would fall off. That depression would be eliminated. That sickness and disease would flee and that healing would come, that life would be renewed through the power of your word. God, we thank you for what you're doing. Lord, let your anointing rest in this house. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Number one, establish the source, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile, because it is the power of God that brings salvation. The power of God that brings salvation. This book is not enough on its own. But when you recognize the power that's associated with it, you experience transformation. While there's not a book in this world that you can read that'll change your life forever. I'm not talking about just impress you or emotionally move you, but I'm talking about bring a transformation, change your life completely around. The word of God can. Why? Because it's living and active as the word says. Sharper than any double edged sword. It pierces through joint and marrow to the very point of your heart. It brings transformation and change. Why? Because the Word in John chapter 1, verse number 1, is Jesus. He's alive and well. And when the Word is exposed to your life, there's a transformation that begins to happen because you encounter a power, you encounter a source that you've never encountered before. And it's because you've encountered the source, the source. In our lives as believers, we have got to come to the place that we establish the source of our lives, the source of everything we do, the source of who we are, the source of what we rely on, the source of what we live out of. If our life is based upon our own understanding, if our life is based upon our own gathering of our own resources, of our own abilities, we will never experience what the Word of God has established and what He has promised for us, but if we'll establish the source as the King of kings and Lord of lords, if we'll establish the source as the one who is all-powerful, the one who is all-knowing, who breaks down every stronghold and destroys every curse of the enemy, who comes in and brings life and life more abundantly, what we will have is peace that passes all understanding, joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. We'll look at every mountain as nothing more than just a small step. We'll look at every valley as just another short season. We'll look at every storm and every difficulty that we face, knowing that though it may be hard, and though it may try to take every ounce of life I have, when it's all said and done, hell still loses because the King is on His throne. That no matter what I face today, and no matter what I go through tomorrow, my future is set the promise is sealed I'm a child of the king when you know the source your life is transformed when you know the source you experience life like nobody else too many times we deny the power and we deny the source and then we wonder why we're in the season that we're in without the necessary resources that we need Different seasons require different resources. Tell your your neighbor, spring's coming. You're either going to have to call your lawn man to come cut your yard, or you're going to have to get out there and get to it. You're either going to have to pull them weeds out of that flower bed, or find a bottle of Roundup. The season's about to change. And you're going to need different resources in order to face... That's coming. You can wear jeans and long sleeves and sweatshirts and coats year-round if you want. But I'll promise you in just a couple of weeks, I'm fixing to break out some shorts and some flip-flops and some t-shirts because I ain't sweating all through summer. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You can sweat. I'm out. Every season in life that you go through, you'll need a different set of resources. And if you don't have the source, you won't have the resource that you need to make it through. The power that you need in this life is found in Christ. In the Word of God. The gospel, the good news, is the open door for you to receive everything that you need to experience life in God. Tell your neighbor, stop denying the power. Establish the source of your life. I challenge you all the time to open the Word of God and to read it. Every single day, expose yourself to the Word of God. I preached that message, expose yourself to the Word of God. It was a very interesting point that the Lord gave me, but it was important. Why? Because when you expose yourself to the Word of God, it changes you. You spend enough time around somebody and you're going to begin to act like them. Some of y'all are looking at your family members or your spouses that are sitting close by, and you're like, yeah. You said you were never going to tell that joke, but guess what? You did. The dad joke, you know, the one that you shook your head at when, you know, one of your family members said it, and you said, I'm never going to tell that joke. And then you had an opportunity, and you told it. And then you thought, well, why did I tell that joke? I said, I was never going to tell that. You've been spending too much time with them people. You become... Who you hang around with. You become what you expose yourself to. If all you ever watch is junk, your life is going to be full of junk. If all you ever read is junk, your life is going to be full of junk. If all you ever expose yourself is the drama of the world, your life is going to be full of drama. You're going to start acting like, talking like, and doing like everybody else. But if you'll get in the Word and ask the Lord, Heavenly Father, would you speak to me through your Word? God, would you show me who you are? Lord, would you be my source? I promise you these words will leap off this page like you have never experienced before in your life. And God will begin to show you things that you would have never thought possible. Why? Because you've established your source. I'm finding what I need in the King. I'm finding what I need in His presence. He is the source of my life. Tell your neighbor, stop denying the power. Secondly, this morning, check your talk. Tell your neighbor, check your talk. How do you speak? How do you speak about yourself? How do you speak about yourself? (sighs) Jesus, hallelujah. You know, if I just talk about how fat I am all the time, do you know what I'm going to do? Eat. Eat. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Eat. If all I do is talk about how bad I look, don't be surprised when your kids start talking about how bad they look. Don't be surprised when your friends start talking about how bad they look. Whose perspective do you have? Yours or heaven's? If all you do is talk bad about yourself, then what's going to happen is you're going to start thinking about how bad you are. Then you fall for the enemy's trap and you begin to look at things the wrong way. You begin to complain about your life and you begin to complain about your situations. Not too long ago, I I, I was preaching about how when we put our hope in the Lord, our complaining turns to praising. And I had mentioned just before that, praise God for what you have instead of complaining about what you don't. Praise God about what you have instead of complaining about what you don't. Stop complaining about the car you drive. Hmm. Hmm. Lord, I want a new truck, but thank you for this one. Lord, this house has fallen apart, but thank you for a roof over my head. Amen. See, the problem is, is if you spend all of your time complaining, you know what happens? You rob yourself from praising and you position yourself to focus on what you can do instead of what God can do. But when you put it in His hands and you thank Him for what you have, you position yourself to receive an experience from heaven what you otherwise wouldn't have. Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 21 says, The power of life and death is in the tongue. What you speak has power. Why? Because it's no longer you that you speak for, but the King of kings. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you. When you open your mouth and you begin to speak, you speak with authority. When you say something, when you speak, you have to understand that you speak with the authority of heaven. When you speak, you're either speaking life or you're speaking death. If all you do is walk through your house and complain about everything that's wrong with it and how all it does is fall apart, don't be surprised when things start happening. I got tested on that. You know, I appreciate it. You know what happens when you preach on something, the Lord tests you on it. You preach on patience and you go to lunch that, that next right after service, and guess what? The Lord's gonna test you on patience. I'm not preaching on patience today. <laughs> Make that real clear. I'm I'm preaching about praising. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right after I praised, <laughs> right after I praised, I was talking about praising. It was that next Tuesday. I think I shared this story with some of you. I had a big old chunk of sheetrock that fell out of my ceiling right in the middle of my floors on Tuesday night. And immediately I was just ticked off. And I had to catch myself. Am I going to praise or am I going to complain? So I just went and got a dustpan and swept it up and dumped it in the bucket, stuck the bucket underneath there to catch the water, sat back down and finished my dinner and just said, well, Lord, thank you for a roof over my head. shared that story with Brother Tommy last night who comes, Brother Tommy Barnhart, and he said, well, just thank God it didn't fall and hit you in the head. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It missed me by A few hundred feet, I don't know how far it was, but thank God it didn't. You know, the thing that happens in our life when we change our perspective is we start to speak life and we begin to praise in a different way. We begin to look at our situations differently. If all you do is complain about what you don't have, you'll never come with an expectation of what you could have because of what he has. But when you position your life in a place and you check the way that you speak, you change You change the way that you approach things. It's the same way. You deny the power of God every time you refuse to speak to your situation according to what the Word of God says. There's a reason that I believe in healing. It's because the Word says that healing is available for you. There's a reason that I believe that He'll provide every need that you have in your life. Why? Because His Word says that He will. There's a reason that I believe that God will bless your life life beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine. Why? Because it's what His Word says. I believe that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in you because it's what the Word of God says. When I speak based upon what I understand and the power that I have, I won't be surprised when I'm limited by the situations that I'm facing. But when I check my talk and I begin to speak according to His Word and I begin to speak according to what He has said, then I approach the situations of my life differently and I recognize that there is power to overcome every adversity and every struggle that I face. There's freedom in the blood. There's joy in His presence. There's peace that passes all understanding even when I'm in the deepest, darkest season of my life, the deepest valley of my life, the biggest mountain that's in front of me. There's joy even in the midst of the enemies that surround me because I know who I am am, and that the I am is in control of my life. There are There's a difference to every single way that I handle the situations that I face because I recognize that there's a power that's so much greater, that's so much stronger, that's so much more than what this world has to offer. I could run after every resource there is on the face of the planet earth. I could chase every dream that I think would make me happy and give me the things I want or I could read the Word of God, stand on His promise and watch as he goes to work as he breaks down strongholds and makes the impossible possible stop settling for less than what God has for your life stop being content with the situation that you're in stop talking as if you're going to stay in that pit in that prison in that season forever it will just be for a little while because the king is coming be like Paul and Silas and worship him in the prison. Be like Joseph. And serve faithfully. Even while enslaved. Even while oppressed. Because you never know when the king's going to say, It's time for my child to come out and walk in what I've called for them. Like Daniel in the lion's den. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Walk right into that fire and know whether I live or whether I die. Hell is still defeated. No matter what I face today or go through tomorrow, fear won't control my life. It won't affect my decisions and what God has called me to. Hate me, don't like me, talk behind my back about me, treat me however you want to treat me, but it's not going to change who I hate. Am, who I'm called to be and what God has called me to do I'm standing firm in the promises of what he's called for me yeah. tell your neighbor stop denying the power Check the way you talk. How are you talking about your life? How are you talking about your season? How are you talking about your spouse? How are you talking about your kids? If all you're doing is complaining about them, if all you're doing is running them into the ground, then don't be surprised when they start acting the way you're speaking. Don't be surprised when they're still acting the way that you're complaining about. But if you'll change your talk according to the Word of God and realize that you have life, God, I speak life into my marriage. I speak life into my children. I speak life into my city. I speak life into my schools. I speak life into my church. I speak life into this nation. I declare life in the name of Jesus. Life in the name of Jesus. Freedom in the name of God. Peace and provision. Breakthrough and freedom. God, let your kingdom come and your will be done. I call out every lie of the enemy and I establish the word of God. That was the promises of what he said and what he's spoken. Amen? Tell your neighbor, check your talk. If all you do is curse the places that you are and the city that you're in, don't be surprised when you live under a curse. Talk about how miserable and how horrible this city is. And that's fine. Don't be surprised when you're under the oppression of the enemy but recognize that maybe you've been put here for such a time as this. Maybe you were born here for such a time as this. Maybe you've gone through what you've gone through because God has positioned you to bring breakthrough and to tear down strongholds, to break poverty off of this city, to destroy the racial divides in this community, to break off every lie and every chain of the enemy, to call forth marriages restored and families united, to call forth kids that have straight A's all the way through? Why not talk about your city the way that God sees the potential of your city and what He knows that He can happen and just see what He does? What if instead of complaining about the job you had, you maybe recognize that God sent you there on an assignment to be the light in the midst of darkness, to bring hope and joy and freedom and restoration to somebody else? How about instead of it being all about you, you recognize that you your life is all about him. And when you trust him with it, you find joy everlasting and peace that passes all understanding. Tell your neighbor, check your talk. Check your talk. Thirdly, this morning, I gotta, I gotta move on. I'm too excited this morning. Oh, tell your neighbor: walk in the power. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 20. Samuel, would would you put that up there for me? Would you give it up for our sound and media guys this morning? You can do better than that. I say give it up for our sound and media guys. Nobody complains about them until it's all wrong. And then nobody praises them, but we're praising y'all. We love you guys. Y'all are awesome. Thank you. All right. so this is what it says. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. At some point, we've got to stop talking about all the things that God can do and actually start walking in all the things that God can do. Tell your neighbor, stop just talking. Start walking. You need to say that again. Tell them, stop just talking. Start walking. God didn't call you to just talk about what He can do. <laughs> God did not call you to just talk about what he can do. Well, you know, I've seen him do it. Well, how about we see him do it again? How about we see him do what he's never done before? How about instead of us just talking about what he could do or what he did then, how about we talk about what he wants to do now? And how about we recognize that we're called to be a part of it? Tell your neighbor, you are the church. It's a pretty building, but this isn't the church. You're the church. And you are who God has called to advance against the kingdom of darkness. Instead of just talking about it, how about we walk in it? Because here's the thing. Jesus didn't come and die on the cross and rise from the dead so that we could just talk about it and get some chills and goosebumps and say, oh, isn't that wonderful? Hmm. And they go home and complain about how terrible and how horrible our life is and scream and mad and be miserable and frustrated and overwhelmed and aggravated and agitated and just be convinced that this is just how life is and it just doesn't get any better than this and this is just how it's always going to be. And how about instead of all of that, we stop denying the power of God and we start walking. In the power of God. And realizing that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us, that the power of God is alive and active, that God is moving and changing and transforming, that when we seek his face, that he comes, that when we look for him, that we find him, that when we run after him, that we him. <laughs> this is what 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 4 says. 1 Thessalonians Chapter 1, verse number 4, it says, For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Tell your neighbor you're chosen. Verse number 5 says this, Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction, you know how we lived among you for your sake. Because of our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. God hasn't just called you and I to just walk or just talk about it. God's called you and I to walk it out. That when we speak about it, that there is evidence of what has taken place. The mistake that we make so oftentimes is that we chase the miracles of God instead of chasing God. We chase the miracles of God instead of chasing God. We want what God can give us. We don't want the process that transforms us into who He's called us to be. See, the miracle is possible. Tell your neighbor, the miracle, the miracle is possible. The process is probable. There are Just about every single time that God does a miracle, there's a process that's associated with it. Every time He gives a promise, there's a process that's associated with it. Why? Because there is something that God is teaching you and there's a way that God is shaping you and forming you into who He's called you to be. Because the power that He is giving you The power that he is giving you, you've got to know how to use it. I'll never forget the first time that I used the zero-turn mower that we have here at the church. I had never driven a zero-turn mower before in my life. How many of you, you also had an interesting experience the first time you drove a zero-turn mower? Just be honest. We're honest here. How many of you, you're just pros? You just, no worries, you just got this. How many of you, you've already gone to lunch? You're not here any longer. You've already moved on. Okay. All right. Well, good. Okay. See, we're honest. I had one honest person that said that I've gone to lunch and everybody else. The rest of you, earth to the rest of you, we're here in this room. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. I can tell I've lost you. I need to move on. First time I ever drove that zero-turn mower, I was, oh, Jesus, help me. I spun that thing around in circles, jerked it. I promise you there was a spot in my yard where I would turn that mower and it would just burn the grass right out. I just had a bald spot everywhere I turned that mower because every time I'd turn it, it was so fast and I'd break that other one so hard that you could drive over on pepper tree and you could see every line where I had turned that zero-turn mower because there was a bald spot in that yard. Why? That thing had so much power. It's way too big for that yard. And I didn't know how to use it. I was learning. And I'm telling you, I had, to, I had to work at it to be able to get that thing to where I didn't put a bald spot in the middle. You know how ugly that is when you drive up on a yard? Bald spot, bald spot. It's uniform. I wonder if that's a new decorating technique that they have. Maybe that's a new way. That's what I tried to tell myself till the grass grew back. There are so many times that when we get in something that has more power than what we're accustomed to, it takes us a minute to learn how to use it. We want the miracles and the power of God in our lives, but we don't want the process of learning. Because learning will teach us that you need to use just a little bit less effort. You need to be a little bit more detailed in how you handle the situation that's in front of you. There's a process that God attaches with the promise, and more often times than not, we don't want the process because we don't want to change. We don't like change. How many of you don't like change? Just be honest with me. Yeah, how many of you you just refuse to be honest with me this morning? You're just gonna sit there and just, in protest until it's. <laughs> we don't like change. We say we like change until it changes, and then we're like, oh, I just don't know if I like that. I just, I'm not sure. I don't. Mm-mm. No, that's not what I would, That, it's not how I thought it was gonna look. That's not how I thought it was gonna be. The problem is, is that if we refuse to change and we refuse to go through the process, we'll never be who God's called us to be and we'll never walk in the power that God's called us to. If you deny the power of God, you won't walk in the promises that he has for you. If you deny the power of God, you won't walk in the promises that he has for you. The The power of God breaks the strongholds of the enemy and opens the door for you to experience and encounter everything that God has for you. Tell your neighbor, stop denying the power. Walk in the power. When you walk in the power of God, you have strength that's not your own. You have wisdom that you didn't attain by your own standards. You have the ability to do things that you otherwise thought you couldn't. Why? Because you're walking in the power of God. Because you're resting in the fact that it's no longer up to you to provide what needs to be. But that you're trusting in and walking in, step by step, everything that God has established for your life. Tell your neighbor, walk in the power. When we speak the Word of God, when we declare the promises in the Word of God, when we walk in the power of what God has given us, what we encounter is the gospel of God, the gospel of heaven, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. We have one mission in this life, one mission, to share the gospel. One mission to share the gospel. If you don't walk in the power that God has for you, you will miss the opportunity to share the gospel with someone in your life. More oftentimes than not, <laughs> the process isn't just about you, but it's about the people around you. When you walk in the power of God and you walk through the processes that He has, don't be surprised when God not only changes you, but He changes the people around you. Because when the power of God shows up, everything changes. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Austin Haley if you guys would come up.